you know, we're a technology company, but we're not a media company. Right, so when you think about a media company, it's, you know, you have people who are producing content, who are editing content, and, you know, that's not us. We're, we're a technology company. We build tools. We do not produce any of the content. We exist to give you the tools to curate and have the experience that you want to connect with the people and businesses and institutions in the world that you want. Facebook is a technology company, but it's a high-tech media company. Uh, you can't buy any technology from Facebook. You can buy a chip from Intel. You can buy a database from Oracle. Uh, you can buy advertising from Facebook, just like a media company. And he, he wants to be seen as a technology company because he wants to partner with media companies. He needs their content. The fact that Facebook doesn't produce any content doesn't mean anything because it chooses the content it publishes in the same way any editor and publisher would in a media company. So how do you tie these lessons together in terms of Facebook either being or not being a media company? Right. You can look around and see what other media companies are doing. For example, Facebook is a media company. It's a, it's a high technology enabled media company. But you need to be out there and online and engaged in some way, uh, visible. And the more you do that, the, the better, because right. the media content is very disposable. We used to talk about newspapers being today's uh, fish wrap. Well, you know, to, it's today's 15 seconds and you're below the fold and, you know, you're in the archive and nobody's going to find you. Uh, content is very, very uh, temporary <laughs> these days. And so you've got to keep producing more and more of it. And you can see how Facebook produces tons of content. It chooses the content it publishes. But again, uh, every company being a media company, you have to start thinking in terms of publishing way more than you're comfortable with doing now and figuring out the processes to do that and to keep doing that. Well, my big thing, and this is a huge cultural shift, is to approach your media as being an advocate for the reader, listener, viewer. Yeah. And not necessarily an advocate for yourself. And I think that that, to me, is a change that often requires several late-night boardroom arguments within the company about how to do that yeah. because it's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to make that shift from being an advocate for the company to being an advocate for the reader and trying to get your head around, well, how do we get anything out of being an advocate for the reader? But you do get something out of that. You, you gain trust. Any artist, any musician sets out to create an effect he sets a trap to catch somebody's attention. The story is much more about the audience than it is about the storyteller. Storytelling is an activity that faces in two directions. On the one hand, it's connected with an idea of truth. I'm Norm Macdonald, and now the fake news. Integrity is having a set of values. You live by those values, and other people agree with those values. There was a sense of a craft and profession to journalism. One hour of video goes up to YouTube every second. Tom Foremsky first suggested that every company is a media company. Every company is a media company. A media company? Media company. A media company. Media company. Every company is a media company. I'm Jason Lopez, along with Tom Foremsky. What's Facebook's deal? They say they aren't a media company, but they sure act like one. 
On this podcast, Tom and I will chat about what it is that makes Facebook and, by extension, Google, Twitter, and any other online company that handles content a media company. Your company faces some of the same problems they do, and we're going to talk about that. By the late 1990s, we knew the Internet had given everyone the power to publish. In the history of communication, it's as significant as Marconi's radio telegraph. But just giving everyone the power to publish is an incomplete idea. It's like saying, everyone has a video camera in their pockets, and so we're all going to start making movies. Something happened in 2005, a radical insight that sort of put it together. It was at Cisco. I remember those days at PodTech when we were doing podcasting work for most of the major logos in Silicon Valley. Cisco was one company we couldn't break into. Why? They were doing their own media. But the insight actually doesn't come from me. It comes from Tom Foremsky, my co-host on this show. And he had been writing for the Financial Times of London from Silicon Valley. He visited Cisco that year, invited by the company's M&A chief, Dan Scheinman, who was also the head of corporate communications. Scheinman said they had more than 300 RSS feeds, dozens of blogs, and an online magazine. Their traffic was phenomenal. It rivaled the trade papers. Tom wondered what would happen if Cisco withdrew hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising because it can get to the customer without trade publications. So what that means is that if Cisco is being covered by a magazine whose beat is the networking space, when that magazine goes away, the demise of that traditional media outlet meant that there are fewer journalists to tell the stories of Cisco. And that means there are fewer journalists to tell the stories of companies in general. He realized every company would have to tell its own stories, even if it did not want to. Facebook is a new kind of platform. You know, it's, it's not a traditional technology company. It's not a traditional media company. You know, we, we build technology, but um, you know, we, we feel responsible for how, it, how it's used. Um, we, don't, we don't write the news that people, uh, that people read on the platform, but at the same time, we also know that we do a lot more than just distribute news, and, and, and we're, we're an important part of the, the public discourse. And I, um, Well, yeah, I mean, it's all true. And again, if it's that important, uh, and he seems to be saying, yeah, we do have some kind of responsibility, but what is that responsibility? Um, it's not clear. They're really struggling with fake news, and I think it's because it's an engineering culture they're coming up with engineering solutions to what are essentially cultural issues and, and problems. And so what are some of the examples of, of Facebook using engineering solutions for media problems? Well, there was one that was picked up by, I think it was The Daily Show, uh, where uh, they wanted to get a handle on reven revenge porn, which uh, apparently is a big problem. Uh, and uh, to do that, uh, they asked people to upload to themselves uh, any photos that they didn't want anybody else uh, uploading. And that would be reviewed by Facebook staff. And if it, and if it exceeded the, the terms of uh, their guidelines for users, they would mark it with a digital fingerprint that would prevent other people from uploading it. 
So they're asking people to upload the most private and intimate photos to be reviewed by Facebook staff <laughs> <laughs> and then be marked with a digital imprint only if it exceeds their, <laughs> their guidelines for users. Well, you know, in a, in a recent column that you wrote, I thought it was interesting that you point out how reformatting is actually a form of uh, editorial that you're actually taking right, right. the look and feel of other stories on the website and you're making them better. That's the other thing about uh, uh, when he says we do more than just distribute the news, I was thinking of exactly that same thing, Jason, is that, you know, during the Trump, uh, uh, sorry, during the presidential elections, what was extraordinary was how, um, how Facebook and Google too was doing it on its sites. They were reformatting uh, other sites, their stories, Picking better photographs for the stories, even. Yep, I remember that. And uh, packaging it up and making it look a lot better. And, okay, they're saying, well, we're, we're doing this as a service for our users, right? It makes it easier to read and so on. Well, it certainly does. But you're making, you're making uh, poor quality news sites, for example, look really good. Right. I mean, the, the thing is, is that New York Times and so on looks good because... They pay a lot of money to people to make it look good. The, 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 the fake sites aren't quite so good, and they're much easier to spot that way. But if Google and Facebook are reformatting and making it all look better, then, then they're helping them. And also, by reformatting everything and making it all look very similar, you'd lose any identification with the brand, with, with the media. Um, I know that the New York Times is trustworthy, but if everything looks like the New York Times, then am I really sure I'm reading the New York Times? Um, but if everything looks like Google or Medium, for example, I can't really associate, it makes it harder to associate what I'm reading with a particular uh, trusted media brand. Um, every piece of content becomes atomic in its way. It, 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 lacks, value, it, it lacks the context of its of its uh, surroundings and its uh, and its history, and the, you you can't handle fake news if you don't take that into account. Yeah, I think that in this era where it, you know trust is really the the holy grail, and uh, all it takes is just a couple of fake news pieces to spoil everything. Yeah, little fake news destabilizes the whole lot. Even the truth starts to look like a lie. And I don't know why businesses aren't up in arms and trying to do something about fake news because their brand value, I mean, it's a its a nebulous thing anyway, right? It's evaporating. The their media practices uh, going to be. By the millions and the billions company. of dollars with fake news because is that really a Louis Vuitton bag? Is that piece of content really from the, from the company? Um it all starts to look very fishy. It all starts to look corrupt. Yeah, trust is, it's such uh, a, uh, it, it's such a fragile thing in some ways. It's not if it's been built up over a long time, like you know, uh, New York Times, I think it was started just after the Civil War. Um, so it was 150 odd years. Right. So they can get away with a lot before you stop trusting them. But if it's somebody new you don't know and they keep messing up, well, that's not going to get you very far. That's very fragile. So there is, there is a trust bank, if you will, 
there's a lot of goodwill that can be built up um, and that allows companies to you know occasionally sometimes make mistakes and 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 you know uh, repair the relationships and so on right right well uh one thought comes to mind tom and that is if your company communicates over the web it's a media company uh whether you like it or not Mm-hmm. And I think what that means is regardless of uh, format, you know, video, audio, uh, multimedia, or text, you know, a print, you might say, uh, the same rules for attracting and entertaining and educating an audience apply to, uh, you know, Bob's Tire Store just as much as they do to NBC. So yeah. the more Bob's Tire Store uses principles of presentation you know proven principles of presentation in order to attract and serve an audience the better their media outreach is going to be the better their media practice is going to be they're a media company yeah definitely i mean facebook should realize it's more of a media company than other companies that maybe make uh, baby diapers or ball bearings um uh, because it certainly does publish pages of content with advertising around it, which looks looks like media to me. Um, but Yahoo had a similar kind of trajectory in that, but it realized there was a media company a little bit too early, and they left a lot of engineering uh, still to be done on the table, which, uh, which Yahoo then relegated to Google and Facebook and so on. So there's a lot to be said for thinking of yourself as an engineering company first, but I think at this point, um, we have to see and agree, and I think Zuckerberg is, is realizing this, that Facebook is a media company. It's a distributor. It has great and increasing responsibilities in society in the same way that media companies have to carry. Media companies are responsible for what they publish, um, and Facebook needs to face that responsibility too. You know, I think you make a really great point there because, um, you know, as far as, as your insight about using engineering as a solution for a media problem, I also think that marketing is sure. uh, an issue as well because I think a lot of companies use marketing, like a marketing voice, so to speak, as their media. Yeah, and I think um, if it's run by marketing, it kind of looks like marketing, but really, you know, when we talk about every company is a media company to some degree, uh, or to a greater degree, um, uh, then we're talking about, well, how how do you behave as a media company? Um, And marketing, it's, it's not about how do we behave as a media company. You've got to think about content as being of service to the readers, for example, um, rather than being self-serving as marketing is. I mean, there's a place for marketing. I mean, we need that. Um, But there's a place for this new type of, well, right now it's called content marketing, but I think a more kind of neutral term, calling it editorial content, is, is a better description for it. Because you're trying to provide content that's journalistic in its look and feel, and that provides a service to the reader. I mean, media companies don't write about themselves all day long. They don't. They provide a service. You know, Wall Street Journal provides a, a service for the financial community and so on. So if you as a company can find something that 
can be a service of that kind of content service in your field, you could quickly gain a really prominent position in your industry or market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's not that hard to find it either because everybody, every person has some insight about how to do something that's valuable to somebody else. Everyone's got that. And companies have that too, mm -hmm. especially around their products, around how to use them, you know, best practices. And uh, there are all sorts of topics from how this product uh, impacts society and the issues in that vertical and in that industry. So I think there's a green field out there of that kind of stuff. Every company has, I would say every company has amazing stories to tell. You know, but, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes with them and you quickly kind of can see the possibilities. Uh, sometimes, you know, having that uh, pair of eyes that comes in from outside. Right, the uh, editorial. Uh, really helps uh, in kind of generating story ideas and so on. But, yeah. I think that, that but, uh, I um, think you're right about that editorial idea, though, that having that set of eyes that's in addition to, you know, yourself or, or what you're doing. It's an organizational approach to creating media. And that's what media companies do. I believe that's what makes them really successful is, you know, a approaching uh, storytelling from a team uh, point of view. And we see this all over the place. I mean, how many professional journalists do I know yeah. who are on their own writing a blog who would love to have an editor? They would love it <laughs> <laughs> because they know it would make their stories so much better. But let's switch tacks for just a moment. I want to pick your brain on uh, just some advice for companies. You know, the lessons learned from, you know, a tech company in this case, Facebook, stumbling toward you know, discovering that it's a media company, it needs to behave like a media company. What are some insights that you can give companies from any kind of vertical, from any kind of industry, trying to create better media? Um, first of all, uh, figure out what kind of medium you want to express yourself. Some people prefer writing. Some people are good on, on camera. Some people uh, like to use their voice. Um, I mean, every, every company is a media company, but you don't have to be every type of media company. Also, you've got to trust yourself and you've got to trust the people in your organization to produce the content and to do it without every single stakeholder being notified in advance because that just kills creativity by the time everybody signs off on things. Absolutely. The moment's gone. Absolutely. Don't make media by committee. Make it by a team. And those are two different things, making it by committee, in other words, getting approvals from this person or that person or whatever, as opposed to a team where everyone's right. contributing to make better media. I would also throw in there, Tom, the idea of using original sources. Don't just rewrite what someone else wrote. Don't look at you know, the Wall Street Journal and just rewrite a column there. You can get an idea from them but write your own stuff. Get your own sources. Use your own photographs. Yeah, and I think authenticity always wins. Wins over grammar and, uh, you know, having the best photos. Authenticity is, it really carries a, a message much more strongly than a really polished, highly polished corporate piece. <laughs>
Well, that's our show. 30 minutes, and we gave you 10 back. Every Company is a Media Company is produced by Tom Foremsky and Jason Lopez and distributed by Connected Social Media. Thank you.